0: Casting from the News Radio 102.9 KARN Radio Center and Studio 1B. It is Gwatney
1: Unplugged with Scott Romine. Scott Romine here, hoping you're having a great Saturday. We're going to talk about something that is, gosh, it's near and dear to my heart Star Wars. I love. Everything to me, well, to me, cameras were invented to film Star Wars. That seems to be the thing. And I grew up on all the toys and somehow all the places that I have lived in the last 40 years, the one thing that's the constant, the wives have changed and all of that, but the one thing is constant. I still have all of my action figures. And we're going to talk with the fella. Kim Simmons is the guy that photographed all of the figures and the ships and all that stuff for kenner and he made the packages brought these figures to life really how are you mr simmons i'm doing fine
0: doing fine thank you
1: great to talk to you where, where did you grow up at
0: i grew up about oh, eight miles from where i'm sitting right now in a little town called bethel ohio
1: really now I, yep. I i'm curious what kind of toys did you grow up playing with
0: well let's see uh throwing pc to the wind i created i would cut out my own wooden stocks and use a um a copper tube steel tube and i'd create my own little guns with a, with a rubber band so i could fire my own little projectiles um
1: i love that men. i love guns don't give me <laughs>
0: you know and well i do too but uh i i, I created you know i had army men like everybody Everybody in those in the 50s and 60s, well, I say 50s did. Um, they still make yeah. them,
1: the little green ones where they're stuck in a pose.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those. And then there were some that were actually just plastic, just hard plastic, and were basically almost like a, a two dimensional. They weren't three dimensional. And the base, but then they were just flat. And I had those. I had, you know, I had all sorts of things like that. That just, and I'd go out in the garden that my dad was uh, was growing, and I would have vast, you know, before he before he'd start planning and then after, um, I'd just create battles, battle scenes, and you know, I naval battles in the creek. Uh, I'd build model ships and create special ones that would you could. Bath time is easier to get firecrackers. So oh, yeah. Build them, with, build them. with firecrackers. Yeah. Build them. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't go that big because you But I'd build a ship. I'd build the ship, the model ships. I'd put firecrackers, the low yield firecrackers in them. And then you, you'd get the still area of the pond and you'd put lighter fluid out there and you'd, you'd light a match to it. And God, people are going to think I'm crazy here. But then I'd shoot BBs at it, Oh, you know, yes. Yeah. You know, but not trying to hit it right away. Wait till the firecrackers start okay there it goes
1: (laughs) that is yeah well i pretty much grew up up doing the same things in the early 80s but uh (laughs) but hey what movies did you grow up just loving
0: you know i have always been you know i love westerns and i always loved anything sci-fi you know the b movies of that era were just you, you waited. You lived on them. I mean, you, you, I remember on Saturday mornings the cartoons, the and the the cartoons of that space. They the, had this puppets. I'll never remember the name of them, but the puppets, and they they were, but they were space. Uh, think, oh, I they were what. Avengers, weren't they? I'm not even sure what they were, but I remember watching them, and I was like, oh wow, and it was cool. I mean, it's just cool. I just the cartoon Saturday morning. And run the gauntlet, flip through the channels, seeing different ones. And then, eight. oh, it's a nice day outside. Get out of the house, Kim. You know, so.
1: <laughs> Amazing how Star Wars changed all of that. What, what was your first introduction to photography, though?
0: Oh, well, I used to take a camera into, into class. I, I mean, when I was in third grade, I'd take a camera in and I'd take pictures. And my dad was a doctor, so there was always some kind of a camera. And uh, I would using a brownie, I'd use some of the, the small little Kodak with the bellows, um, 12620 film, and I would just play and work in the, he had a little he had a little dark room, uh, so I learned how to process my own film. Um, and just went from there and <laughs> just had a blast. The, the processing
1: of the film is a lost art. Really, I remember doing that as a little kid, and wouldn't know where to start. I don't even know if you could go buy the chemicals.
0: Um, it, you can, but you—I think you have to almost sign your life away.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, does anyone shoot film?
0: Yeah, they—they they do, they do. It, it, it truly is art now. Um, um, that's pretty where well where it's regulated to. Um, I—I a couple of years ago, I heard. Uh, through a local uh, photography dealer here, he was telling me how this guy was coming in from Germany and he wanted film. He needed to shoot film because that's what the design design agency was wanting film. And we're going, what? Yeah, from, Germ- from Germany. I mean, come on, <laughs> give me a break. But um, even they, even he does. He still stocks a certain a little bit of film, not much, but a little bit.
1: Gosh, you know. Th- What's strange about that is, is there's a possibility it could become like records where it comes back and all the young people want a film camera all of a sudden.
0: You're already seeing some of that, but the I, I don't think the economy is going to be there for them. I mean, film processing film is very dirty. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it is very dirty. I mean, we didn't realize it, but it is. Um, it's definitely not good for the environment. Whereas, you know, at least with digital, um, all the dirt is kept wherever they make the chips.
1: That's true. So,
0: you know, so uh, and they they have to deal with it there. But when you're processing it at your home, um, what are you gonna do with this? You know, all the different the chemicals. Well, let's see. There's the there's the drain, and that's that would be. It's like you, all good intentions. They'll pour it into the, thing, the different yeah. containers. Yeah. Nobody the, thought about anything
1: about stuff. it. Yeah. yeah.
0: And where are you going to put all this stuff? Well, I had to think of that because I was, I literally, I I live in the country and I'm on a, my own little septic system here. So anything I put in the ground is going to go straight out onto my ground out there. I mean, down the don, down the drain, it's going to go right out there and it'll destroy my septic unit, all the chemical interactions that are going out there and the aerobic actions. And because bugs don't like Pinnacles like that
1: and <laughs> that's so, true and,
0: then the, and of course then the trees that are down below it aren't going to like it so i kind of looked at it and i'm going mm, no i just got through building all my dark room and everything and digital was just coming in and well actually I, I saw it coming in because i was one of the first in the nation to use it for the way i did mm-hmm. and i am going, why am i doing this
1: and <laughs> just scrapped it
0: I just basically scrapped it.
1: When, what was the first camera you bought, and what brand of cameras did you, you tend to lean towards?
0: Now, you're talking at which, 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 which point in time, the very beginning?
1: The very beginning.
0: I picked up anything I could utilize. I mean, I didn't care, but I, I started, actually, I started a pretty high up food chain uh, when I had to buy my own. Um, I bought a, a, a used Nikon.
1: Right. People and are typically just, Nikon people or Canon people. It seems like these days. Pretty
0: close. It's starting to stretch out beyond them now. But uh, um, but that's that's I've been I've been to Nikon. I've been to Canon. I've been to Pentax. I've been to Olympus and Mamayas and everything else. And I've come back and I'm a, I'm a Nikon person. I just like it. Um, and I know guys that I, I work with. I used to work with that I know real well. Um, they're very much Nikon, but they're they're starting to go, hmm, I think I'm going to go to Canon. <laughs>
1: so, go on the other way. Does it just blow you away that a new iPhone can take a picture probably better than what you had when you were working all the time?
0: It is actually, okay, yes, it is. it is a better image in some aspects, but it's really not. It is very good for the purpose that it's used for. Sure. Okay. Um, when people want to put it up online or they want to shoot a video, uh, it's pretty dang on good for a video. Um, uh, but but as far as you, the quality, even the camera that I used when I was shooting the, the Star Wars stuff, um, which was a Leaf system at that time, um, it, it it's it's not as good as that because really there's more to it. There's yeah. More to it. It's I got gotcha. you. More to it than just just a plane. Oh, there's a night. Oh, that's a beautiful image. Yeah, it is. But the it's the it's what goes into that ship.
1: We are talking with Kim Simmons, the man who shot Luke Skywalker. Now we're not talking about he really shot Luke. He took the photos of all the figures that people our age have collected since 78, 79, All of the Star Wars figures. Now, Kim, when you go and you apply for this job that leads to Shooting Star Wars photographs. What? Where are you applying? Are you Are you hiring onto an advertising agency? or you actually work for Kenner? Or, or how does that work? Well, upon
0: leaving grad school, I had I had a wife, a young boy, and I was I was making the rounds with my college, you know, graduate degree, you know, portfolio. Actually, I hadn't done my thesis at that point, so I. I was walking around to the different ad agencies and I walked into this one agency now known as LPK here in Cincinnati and to um, the guy named Jim Gable. He was a art creative designer type person. And he, you know, he looked at the book and everything. My, my portfolio and he goes, you know, you need to go see Frankie. I said, okay, who's Frankie? How, where do I see him? And you know, and all that. And he goes, well, Frankie used to, used to work here when I mean, we were known as another business. Um, he was our on, you know, head of photography at that point. But he's across the street, and he's got his own, his own company now. We spun him off, and um, he's in dire need of help. And he's about ready to lose a big account, and it's not going to look pretty if he does. And I said, hey, point me in the right direction.
1: So did he see something in your work? He goes, this meshes with this Frankie guy.
0: He must have, because I, I I never asked Jim about that. I never did, and I I, I worked with him later on, but I, I took all the information I could, and I called Roy up. I knew mean, this is before cell phones, You're right? <laughs> so I think I went home, called him, and then came back the next day because I made an appointment with him, and um, I walked in and showed him my book and everything. He gave me the tour of the studio and everything, and. He says, "I'll let you know. I'll, I'll give you a call today or tomorrow." So, okay, great. I, th- I felt pretty good, and because I literally told him, I said, "Look, I will sweep your floors. I don't care. Seventy-five bucks a week, hundred bucks a week. I don't care. I need a job. <laughs> sure, I don't care. I need a job." And um, and he goes, "Oh, okay, okay. Well." And so I, you know, let I'm home, and I'm I'm I think I was tending the garden at that time, and I just come in and and. Uh, my get this phone call and he goes, "How I'll, I'll, I'll uh, let's try it at a hundred dollars a week, and we'll give it. We'll see how this goes for a couple of weeks, and then we'll work about work it from there." I said, "Okay, great." He said, "Come in tomorrow." I said, "Well, I'll be there." And uh, mind you, a hundred bucks a week and f- at least fifty-five dollars a week was gonna a well, month was gonna go for. I think it was a month or a week. I can't remember now. It was going for parking. Wow. Okay, I think it was monthly parking, but I could get it cheaper fifty-five dollars a month for parking in the lot, and uh, I had to pay my own gas, obviously, and so um, <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like, okay. Just I to get there,
1: there is a problem, Just yeah, get,
0: yeah, yeah. So it was I'm thirty miles out, so at that point, and um, i had my share of living in the city, so I'm not wasn't going to go back to that. And so, um, I walked in and first thing I'm doing is he says, okay, this is what we're doing. And I climb up a ladder and I'm looking at a eight by 10 camera, I'm and looking down on a, on a, um, Darth Vader insert. That's what it ended up being. So I'm shooting right from that moment, uh, the Darth Vader insert. And, uh, the, I can't remember for 80, I would have been 81. I, Roy, my boss, Roy, Roy Frankenfield, he was the first one. He shot all that very first movie stuff, and some of the Empire Strikes Back. And then once I was hired in, and once he saw what I could do, Roy liked to go hide in his office and let me just do my thing.
1: That's awesome. So when you when you start, you know, I guess the first movie is out, right?
0: Right. Yeah. Right. The first movie's out, and actually, the second movie was out. Uh, it was already out. But I don't know. Where, I see. I can't even tell you the times and dates and things. People do that. I can only tell you what I, from my sure. perspective,
1: sure. Eighty is when the Empire Strikes Back come out. What What were you given access to that a fan would have just flipped? I mean, did you meet George Lucas at some point?
0: No, no I wish I had, but I have never met him. Never met him, and uh, I've only started recently meeting this, some of the people who played in the movies. Um. It's, it's kind of funny when you when you when you get chance to meet when I well you can't now but uh, Jeremy Bullock, I met him down in Louisville. Boba Fett. Uh, Lexington. Lexington. Jeremy. Yeah, Boba Fett. And I waited in line, and a couple of guys were like, "Oh, come on, Kim, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it." And I said, "Oh, geez, you know." And I was I was going to take a big print. I was going to give it to him. And I wanted him to sign this one and whatever. Sure, and and he he uh, when he got up and he realized who I was, what I had done. He hit the roof. He was absolutely flabbergasted. You could have forgotten everything else that was going on in that room. He just wanted to talk to me, and his oh. wife got in on the act, and she was she was a doll baby. She was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> and, uh, he, and I said, "Well, I want to give you." No, he says, "I want to come up to you. Where are you located? Where are you located?" I said, "Well, I'm, they've put me up in Never Neverland." and uh so he said i'll be there tomorrow morning before nine o'clock before the short show opens up said, okay because i want to see what you got and i want to do what you want to see. whatever so he got there and he took a look at it. i had them all laid out i was giving him a big print of boba fett
1: oh that's great
0: like 30 like some inch tall images all laid out i said you can have whatever you want there are any one of them's yours just just for the taking and i mean if you want one two three i don't care they're all your, they're all different poses that i have uh. and and i mean he was just absolutely fantastic he says i, I whatever you want to get no i said come on jeremy pick the one you want and uh oh, how about that one So he, he took one and and yeah, he'd already signed mine and and uh my son just missed him and i i said here and i here's scott why don't you take this prick it's a picture of the slave one, image of the slave one, mm-hmm. eight by ten. I want you to take it down there and see if you can get and go ahead and give it to him. If you want to take this one down to get it signed, go ahead and do it. Just tell him you're my son. And off he went. And yeah, Jeremy was just he was just phenomenal. That's... The guy was absolutely and he says, You guys made me. They always people <laughs> always assume that I did all of it, which I try to always make sure I mention Roy Frankenfield. Because sure. He was the first. He's the one that hired me. He's the one that brought me in. And he was my mentor, seriously. Even though I had my master's degree, big whoopee doo doo on all this, he's the one that hired me and put me to work there. I was in heaven at that point. I mean, you know, you go to work every day. People go to work every single day. I got to go to play every single day. Yeah,
1: I can. Yeah, that's very I true. It. Of course. That sounds like you were somewhat a fan yourself.
0: I, I was, a, not, I wasn't a huge fan, but I was a fan. I, sure. I loved, I loved the movies. I really did them. I came out of watching the movie, um, in, in the drive-in the first movie, the, the, a new hope. And I go, wow, that's a nice movie. I hope they go further. And I was like, okay. And that was it. I worked, <laughs> I was working at Disney world going to school in the daytime working night shift wow evening shift
1: did they give you any reference because obviously you had to come up with these scenes that would be on the package of you know some action and and you're just posing plastic figures and rocks and (laughs) where was that all just your idea or were you trying to emulate something that you know happens in the film
0: If they gave me something, it would have been a 35 millimeter slide. That's generally what they would give the movie, movie stills. Um, And then that we, I'd have to just look at those and say, Oh, and not always. Sometimes they'd say, Oh, this is what we mean, Kim. And they'd give me this. Oh, okay. Then you create, okay. I could go back and do it.
1: Well, the the Um, stuff is indoor,
0: (laughs) you know, you you just know indoor is a, is a forest planet. That's right. you You know, and Tatooine was sand you're gonna go wrong with that
1: you just go go get a bag of sand at the hardware store i guess and start gonna go from well, there
0: pretty much the hard one was coming up with the right snow for hoth
1: ah i got gotcha. you because
0: when roy was doing his first doing it um in the 80 before i got there in 81 or mid 81 he was using a styrofoam kind of mixture with a little bit of white detergent
1: Hey, Scott Roman here. We're talking with Kim Simmons, the the photographer that shot the packaging and all the promo stuff for Star Wars Kenner figures back in the 70s, 80s, and I think in, even into the 90s. So what did you use for snow on the Hoth packages?
0: <laughs> um, I introduced, I was I was using Ivory Snow from Procter & Gamble. I was using, that wasn't a plug, didn't mean it that way. <laughs> Uh, but it's true. That's what I used. And I used DEF. I used virtually any detergent, but mostly it's because you I get my hands on ivory. That's what I used um, to create the snow. And, you know, I of course, Kim, here's this bag I was using. Well, I had to use this, what, his bag. I just kind of put it off to the sides, but I would sprinkle it in where I needed to. But mostly sure. that's what it was because it's it, just the right size to I, me. It was that's pretty much what it was. yeah I gotta
1: ask you, did you have the final figures to work with or did you have like prototype figures that Kenner they weren't out yet I mean you got to promote these things before they're out
0: I had hard copies a lot of times and uh, sometimes those were pulled back and redone and or they'd say here's another one use this one. Um, I ended up with a lot of hard copies, first shots. Um and and some um production figures. Wow, were were you allowed to keep any of this stuff? I had everything up until about two thousand. Oh gosh, including, including a lot of uh um and all and a lot of I will say, uh, I guess they would be considered. They were hard copy. I had all of it. I had a lot of it, and and you know from the the imperial shuttle it was a hard copy. The Rebel Transport, which is a very heavy hard copy. Um, I mean, a lot of these different ones that were just there. I mean, I didn't. I never got rid of anything that I ever. Once I came on board, unless they asked for it back, I, they never got it back. I tried giving it back. <laughs> really? Um, I, I yeah. I mean, it, to me, it was. I was just storing it for them, and um, some of the I. I before Kenner actually left, or Kenner Hasbro finally left, I said, hey, guys, here's this stuff. I've got all this stuff. Where do you want me to bring it to? I'll, I'll give it all back to you guys because I really shouldn't have it. It's all yours. And they'd go, uh, no, it's all yours. I said, well, like how? I mean, it's not, no. He said, Kim, if I had to explain to accounting where it's been or whoever department was, where it's been the last 20-odd years, uh, it would cause more havoc. It's not worth it. To raise the dust up and just run with it, right? It's it's, they're all yours. Have fun with them.
1: Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, hopefully they didn't. They didn't all end up on eBay, or, or did they?
0: Uh, no, 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 no. Good God, no. Uh, I was hit, I was hit by a couple of collect. I kept saying no to collectors all the years. I sure. Never touch them. I didn't want to go in there. And one guy was able to sweet tooth his way into me for. I don't. I never answer the phone call when I was down at the studio. I always have the filters. And, uh, but somebody, they, I answered the phone and one thing that led to another. And I eventually did sell them
1: Mm -hmm.
0: to him, a lot, most of it to him. And, but then I met a guy, uh, Tom Derby down in Atlanta, um, who about had a cow because he discovered that basically he figured out, I should say that I let go of the, what all these hard copies and figures and ships and whatever uh for about a third of what i should have gotten oh gosh
1: so did you actually have a rocket firing boba fett that's the 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 big valuable thing these days i hear
0: it is um no i didn't i we never that that's something they never left with Roy. Roy would have shot that um no that that was that i never even saw it um at that point then which is kind of weird but uh, why they didn't leave it with him um, they should have but hey, sure they they produced i mean he did shoot it and they, there were over there no there were a hundred of the final product i'll say final production figures that they were using using for testing and um, when they finally killed it they'd already gone through a number of those in testing and because I got this straight from one of the engineers and they, and they said that uh then um, he actually, they killed it. He actually just took them home and he was giving some of them home, I should say, and he was giving them out at Halloween.
1: Mm. That and that's something. Like,
0: oh, those <laughs> lucky kids, those lucky kids. But I have handled one of the, a couple of those production pieces because I know a friend of mine up in um, north of Cincinnati. He had actually given, he had been given two by that engineer who it turns out was a friend of his. And uh, I photographed him for him. Because he wa- he was thinking about selling them. He sure. He sold one of them. He sold one of them. And they're like fifteen holding-
1: grand a piece or something. I think maybe more. I don't really know.
0: He sold the damaged one for twenty eight thousand. Ooh. And he was holding out for the other one, which was almost like mint. Um, it's it, he was holding out for a hundred and fifty, I think.
1: And probably will get it. That's insane. It's just crazy.
0: Uh, it, to me, it's, it's absolutely nuts. But, I mean, for for pl- people that are live, breathe, and eat and have more money than they know what to do with.
1: That's true. Yeah, they're out there. Know. Hey, I got to ask you. I remember, like, I had the Death Star play set. And I always wondered, who are these little kids on the packages? Would that be, like, kids you know or you would hire them through an agency? Or, or how would that come
0: about? Generally, they we hired agents. They, they've hired kids through agencies. Every now and then, they would utilize uh, uh, one of the children if it fit. One of the children that would be working from um, the design studio. Um, it could be if if somebody from um, um, who is it? Um, very rarely, it'd be somebody from Kenner at that point.
1: Ah, I got gotcha. you.
0: And so, and that's pretty much the where it went. Um, but it, it would most of the time because I've seen some of the records. They were literally from those early, early, early days. Um, it was it was modeling agencies. We they just we pick up the phone and just call.
1: Send us some kids.
0: <laughs> yeah, literally it was. And and later on it would become like, oh, send us. I need. I need. I need some black kids, or I need white kids. I need you know because they was exactly what they would tell you. Sure. From, the powers that be and okay whatever you want and oh they've got their hands had to be perfect remember this is the time before um, you know retouching was really good you know as far as digital so it was like the teeth had to be good they can't be missing any teeth
1: you can't know, put it in they,
0: yeah that makes sense know, they're not going to be doing that and and uh, the you know there couldn't be any anything facial blemishes of any sort or you're dealing with young 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 kids but still no scars. No blisters in their hands or anything. So it's kind of like, oh, okay. I mean, they they were pretty strict.
1: This must have been pretty hard doing these packages without Photoshop. I mean, was that just a super difficult thing to do back then?
0: We were limited to a certain extent. But uh, the speed, there there were always ways of doing things in camera, but you just didn't have that time so Mm. yeah you you would shoot and know what billy who was the billy ellison was a fantastic airbrush retoucher and that's who would do it and of course there was john ham who was a phenomenal guy himself he was more of an illustrator but he did a a share of of uh, retouching there too for all this packaging but these guys were just phenomenal with an airbrush they could make things happen but you're talking just changing backgrounds changing the color of a toy fixing highlighting darth vader whatever but once once we were able to go to digital, which later, which I did later, um, it literally became, oh, Kim, don't worry. I said, don't worry about teeth. Don't worry about their hands. That'll be taken care of before you see the final image. Because mm-hmm. I had already been educating them on, on digital by that time, later. We're and, talking in the mid-90s. And
1: right airbrushing on a photograph, that's a lost art. That's done.
0: Pretty much. I don't think if there if it's anybody's doing it it is it is it's very rare very very very
1: rare it would have to be do you ever shoot a toy or a star wars figure that never came
0: out no i never did um i I know that they they did have an in-house photographer that would do a lot of their initial ones that they would Mm -hmm. run through for um you know for different purposes like you're saying let's let's, how is this going to float Will this make it through through the through uh, past Lucas micro collection that I'd already done the photography and they decided they were going to kill the package. Yeah, there that happened. to kill the line. That just happens.
1: Hey, Scott Romine here. We're talking with Kim Simmons. He's the man who shot Luke Skywalker. He did the photography for Kenner Toys. In the back in the '80s and into the '90s, and shot all the action figures and the packaging and all that kind of stuff. Has it just shocked you at the reception you've had with with the fan community?
0: Yes, <laughs> that's a simple word, simple answer. I, 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 you know, I love talking to people, and I, I, the little there's a couple of people that are coming up to me. I just came back up from Nashville. There's the ICCC show. Uh, convention down there in Nashville uh, a couple of weeks ago, and a couple of a couple of people would come up to me, and more than a couple. But I mean, in this one case, this little girl came up to me with her with her father, and they were talking about her wanting to do photography and stuff, and she was really wanting to get into talking about it. I love talking to people. I love talking to people. I, my wife tells me to keep, shut up, Kim. You're giving away the store. <laughs> I don't care. I, I, I don't care. It's kind of like, I love talking to people. Um, and if I can help direct somebody into a, in one way or another, or explain something, um, how I did it, why I do it, um, I do it. it it's you, They've got to understand that they're looking at things from a totally digital eye now And I didn't have the tools. They weren't available to me. True. So, you know, that's what's so fun about
1: it. I've heard they put you in the 501st, the Stormtrooper Legion.
0: Yes, they did. (laughs) About time. Well, a friend of mine on the East Coast, he says, when he found out that um, he's the one that actually helped me get the the websites. I'm not a web person. I'm really not a web person. And he created the first really good uh, website. At least it was functional. And um, he found out that I was not a member of the 501st. He just about blew a gasket. So he called up. One thing led to another. Next thing I know, I'm in Cincinnati at a convention there. And they're, they're inducting me into the – they came in and arrested me and hauled me in and, and um, pulled me in and, you know, made me inducted me into the 501st. It was that's fantastic because the people that are there are really some special people.
1: Yeah, it's like you and Chewbacca didn't people. get the medal, so you know all these years later, you know <laughs> hey, that's yeah, right. I got,
0: to, I got to meet Peter Mayhew, and he was a fantastic—I mean, beyond fantastic. I got to meet his daughter and his wife, this couple Madonna Nashville, and I'll tell you, two of the most fantastic people. I mean, they really are. Uh, I mean, they just ah. Uh,
1: did you ever work on other lines like Indiana Jones? Kenner was doing some other things.
0: No, I didn't. Uh, friends of mine, a um, the the couple of photographers worked on uh, Indiana Jones. Uh, I did end up with some of the film that they had shot. Well, I've uh, heard you
1: rescued whatever. a lot of stuff from like a leaky basement or something.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, I I was in the need of uh, more cameras on the middle of trying to shoot uh, a lot of the micro collection. And uh, I asked Roy, I said, boy, I need cameras, I need tripods. I need whatever I can get my hands on. He said, don't we have enough back there? No, I don't. I need more. So he said, well, go down to the basement. And here's the keys. Go down. And so I went down to the basement and the, it was slush, slush. I mean, I opened the door, the elevator, step in, slush, slush, slush. And the only light from, I could see from the elevator was a pull string. <laughs> oh wow <laughs> i'm standing in two inches of water i mean mind you this building the foundation this whole basement was a rock formation a foundation oh too. geez so it was like oh my god almighty and uh, yeah there were i'm not I'm not only did i find all the camera equipment that i need, could use and put back into use i found these two trash cans filled with all the early negative and all the film i say that Roy had shot on Star Wars.
1: Oh my gosh! And,
0: and I went up. And I took everything upstairs except for that. I said, "Roy, I found these film. I really like to save them." He said, "Well, you can save, but it's going to be done on your time. I'm not paying you to do that. They're yeah. not worth it. They're not worth the time. There's not." So I did. I brought them all up. I catalog, kind of, You know, just saved them all, and I threw away a lot because they were the film was really damaged. Sure. To, now, if, looking back. Twenty 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 hindsight is absolutely fantastic because looking back now i would have saved them because you know i could have digitally i could have well, I scanned oh, them, sure. I cleaned really, them up yeah that would have been the best i could but cleaning them wasn't though some of them was really physically damaged so yeah it's it's uh but they only might have been the edges and i'm thinking what am i going to do with this right it's like oh geez you know and can i stop it or how bad is it going to continue and so I just, some of it, I just, some of it, I just let go. Uh, yeah, I know. I just like, Oh my God almighty.
1: Did you ever yeah. shoot something and then you get late into the process and then somebody goes, you know, the wing is on that ship backwards.
0: You know, they never did
1: really because i've I mean, always yeah. heard that people point that thing out on toy packages and stuff and
0: oh oh yeah they'll they'll point it out now yeah <laughs> they'll point it now but kim you know the decals are backwards <laughs> but you would have
1: known i mean no I'll, one's seen one before
0: i didn't have an instruction sheet to go by they just said kim here it is put the put these decals on okay <laughs>
1: How do you feel going into Walmart now and there's star Wars and GI Joe and he man and transform and all of it's back.
0: It's, it's, it's really strange. It's really, it's different. I, I mean, it's back, but I look at the packaging. And I'm saying, guys, you're missing the boat. Um, it's all this new toys, but they're missing the boat because you're kid. They're not teaching. One thing they taught the kids back then you included, was how to play. That's right. They inspired your imagination. They got your imagination floating and moving. And and you, you, you whenever you got that toy, whether it was Christmas or your birthday in the summer, you were outside. You were, if you could go outside, and you'd be outside, even in the snow, playing without Hoth or Snow Speeder or X-Wing. You were out there playing you learned your imaginations went go crazy and you just ballooned from there. And today you're getting a a pretty fairly sterile packaging, um, flat imagery. If you get that and all artwork and yeah, 99% artwork to me. And it's kind of like, you know, guys, you're just not, you're not making it. You've got, Kids do more. They can if they see the package. Of course, they're not aiming to the kids anymore. They're aiming to kids your age.
1: That's true. Yeah, um, forty seven year old kids. That's very yep. true. Because the they young are. kids want an app on their phone that costs ten dollars. That's,
0: that's right. That's right. And if they if they'd start getting back to teaching kids how to play, uh, this is what you can do. And you know, hey, that game that you're playing. Well, this is you know, and whatever you know, it's something to help. I've got a minute.
1: Tell us about buying the book and buying your prints. Where people can go and get all this stuff?
0: Well, my print my, my the prints, they can buy prints my off my website the, uh, basically it's the man who shot luke skywalker.net. Uh, they can also go to the .com site uh, which will lead them to the .net site and they can look at all the whole archive is up there, at least to date. It's up it's up there where they can just buy online. And I print. I they're not sitting in stacks here at the house. It's literally, I print them,
1: right. I got I you. Sign,
0: and I sign. I sign all of them. Now the book we haven't put up the books. There we're on our third one. I just saw the proof. The, the, the third the proof for the third book today, and um, they'll be able to buy those from the website eventually, once these go out. The, this this last kickstarter all the people that have supported the kickstarter once they all go out i'll probably put them up on the website for people to, to be able to buy them they are expensive that's my only main dig about the whole thing and i just they don't people think i'm trying to rip them off but trust me i'm not i wish i could they but they cost they cost so much money to create
1: sure sure and, they do and
0: and 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 they're a lot of money and i don't i don't like it but what am I going to do? They're 200. They run from 214 pages. Actually, 100 114 pages is the first one, to 100 260 some pages for the second one. 160 to 216 for this third one. And yeah, it's a lot. It's it's a lot, and they're all it's full full color. They're they're all just full color imagery.
1: Um, yeah, it's expensive okay. to make that stuff now. You know, big well, yeah, time. Because
0: I I insist on them being done and printed. In the United States, done by American workers. I have nothing against anybody in the world, anywhere else, but I want American workers to do as much as they possibly can for my books.
1: Well, my Americans books, took coins, the pictures, everything. you know. Yeah, you know, I think um, that's fantastic.
0: So yeah, I'm, I'm. Am I cutting my nose off because I'm cutting, you know, killing it because of the, the high cost? Yes, I am. <laughs> um, but it, but I I I just want Americans to. To have the work that i'm doing i want them to do the to print it.
1: let's say it so again it's uh the man who shot luke skywalker.net is the website right. okay
0: it's all one word the man who shot luke skywalker.net
1: thank you so much for being on the show it was so much fun to talk to you
0: well no, you're very welcome uh, thank you
1: fun. so much you guys go check out that website and get you some of these prints uh they're impressive. I've, I've seen some of them. They're, they're really, really good. Scott Rowmine for Guadney Unplugged. We'll see you guys next week.